We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Chargers Analytics with Arjun. Uh, it's been a minute. It's been you know a couple of weeks since I've put out my last episode, but we're back. Um, you've got a very, very special topic that I've been planning to do for a while now, especially since last offseason, but I thought it would be better to do it this offseason now that we have a little bit more information and we have a little bit more knowledge about the topic at hand which is Tom Telesco. So today we're going to just be giving kind of like an analytical view of Tom Telesco. Um, this is not me going to be just straight bashing on him. This is not me going to be just giving him all the praise in the world. The way I wanted to approach this video is as if I'm an owner and Tom Telesco is my GM, right? So I'm Spanos, Telesco is the GM. I'm evaluating Telesco, seeing whether you know, you know, what he's done in his tenure and, you know, whether it's fair or not to keep him or let him go and uh, pretend like I'm consulting like PFF as a consulting company seeing you know, what has Tesco done in his tenure and in his nine years as Chargers GM. So let's just get straight into the facts. Um, Tesco has been the GM since 2013. And since that time, he's had a grand total of two playoff wins. Now that isn't good. <laughs> Two playoff wins in nine years is is definitely not how you want your GM tenure to be. Most GMs don't get to the third head coach. These these are all facts that you guys know. So the the points I'm going to be bringing up today mainly speak to the jobs that a general manager usually has, which is the drafts, free agency, and then trades. So that's those are the three concepts I'm going to be covering. And we're going to start off with the draft and we're going to be talking a little bit about what Telesco has done in the draft as the GM of the Chargers. So if you don't have a PFF subscription, I'd highly recommend it. I know, I know you guys have this sort of bias towards PFF because of, you know, some of the Justin Herbert takes that we're putting up before the draft and during his rookie season, they've come around like they like PFF. I work there and I'm an intern there. Like, the main thing we try to do is create opinions or takes based on data that we have. And, you know, the data wasn't too kind to Justin Herbert before the draft. So whatever bias you have, leave it out. I'd highly recommend getting a PFF subscription, not only for the data that they have, but for the content and the type of articles that you get access to. So 
This article was written by Timo Risky, one of the smartest guys that we have here at PFF. And we're just going to be looking at historical draft success for all 32 NFL teams. Now, historical really only means going back to 2019 because that's kind of like you, you see like the recency draft success that teams have. And that's what we're going to be using today. So Timo, basically what he did in this graph that I have up on my screen is he looked at the total war, which is wins above replacement. So if you're like a baseball guy, you kind of understand like war is like how much better are you or how much better a player is than a replacement level player. So we're using the total war gained by non-quarterbacks drafted since 2019 over, you know, their last since 2019, pretty much. So, so this graph is pretty much isolating the Chargers drafts from 2019 to 2021 outside of Justin Herbert. So Justin Herbert is not pictured. His, his war is not included in this graph. And man, the Chargers have had the second worst total war gained from their draft pick since 2019. Now, look, I understand, and I'm going to be talking about it in a minute. Just give me a second. I understand Justin Herbert is not included in this graphic, but this is one of the best, like most probably accurate representations of how bad the Chargers have drafted outside of Justin Herbert. Just absolutely no production has come from the 2019 or 2020 rookie class outside of the quarterback position. Now, if we're being honest, like you can look, the Chargers have gained probably approximately like 0 0.3, 0.35 uh, wins above replacement from their um, non-quarterback position players drafted in 2019 through 2021 like I'm pretty sure most of that and I, I can speak to it like most of that comes from Rashawn Slater and Asante Samuel Jr. so from 2019 to 2020 we probably added zero wins through the draft that, and that, that's just putting it bluntly the 2019 and 2020 class will probably go down as the worst in Chargers franchise history or at least in the past decade or the, the century um outside of Justin Herbert. Now, yes, Justin Herbert is important. Justin Herbert, you know, he makes the Chargers drafts better. So you can see here that because of Justin Herbert, the Chargers gained the most war above expectation based on their draft pick and their draft value. So you can see like this uh, blue triangle is Justin Herbert's war above expectation, which is incredible. He's almost, he's past eight, right? So you can see just like hitting on Justin Herbert has single-handedly saved Tom Telesco's career. And so this is war above expectation, right? You can see like the top teams, Chargers, Browns, Patriots, but like you have this one triangle here and then you have a bunch of dots around kind of like the median of like all NFL teams, which is like, you don't really want that. And then you go here, which is, the Chargers, or this is total war gained by players drafted over since 2019, including quarterbacks, right? And you can see how Justin Herbert has single-handedly carried the last two or three drafts for the Chargers because they rank number one in total war generated since 2019, right? Like it's, it's absolutely incredible what Justin Herbert has done as quarterback for the Chargers in his first two years. He's only going to keep getting better, but you have to admit, you know, hitting on Justin Herbert and not even hitting on Justin, it's not even hitting. Tom Slesko just making the simple move to draft Justin Herbert has kept him as the GM for the Chargers for at least the next two, maybe three years, depending on how successful they are going forward. 
before I go on to my next top or before I just go on to my next thing about the draft, I also want to point out, like, I, I've thought about this a lot because last offseason I was actually, you know, higher on Telesco than most. I thought, you know, he handled the salary cap well, the salary, like we were never in a bad situation cap wise. He, you know, I never really thought his drafts went super well, but he hit on his first round picks. But I've come to realize like Telesco is like in the first round has just made the obvious selection. Like there's nothing like I'm not, this is not me trying to like bash on him, but like, there's nothing like super impressive about selecting Justin Herbert at six. The chargers needed a quarterback. The dolphins made the decision for the chargers on who they were going to get. And the chargers got Herbert Derwin James falling to 17. Like that's the obvious pick. <laughs> Derwin James was a top 10, top five talent, except for injuries. And before, because he fell to 17, Telesco just made the easy choice. Now, yeah, he had to make a choice whether or not he wanted to factor in the injury concerns and stuff, but he made the obvious choice. Rashawn Slater was a, a borderline top five talent in last year's draft, you know, if we're excluding like positional value and stuff, right? Because quarterbacks obviously hold more precedent. And some people like Daniel Jeremiah had Slater as the best offensive tackle, offensive tackle in the draft. And he fell to 13. Like Telesco just has been making the obvious choice. And again, you have to make that choice. Like you, maybe he overthinks it and like, oh, why is he slipping? Like, maybe I don't want in on this. He's made the obvious choice. Like that's, that's good in itself, but it hasn't been particularly impressive because if we go to my next point, which is, the Anthony Lynn era of drafts, plus just like considering what Telesco has done outside of the first round, it's awful. It's it's awful. Like, let's just quickly run through all the draft picks of the Anthony Lynn era. Mike Williams hit. Forrest Lamp, Dan Feeney, miss. Rayshon Jenkins hit, I guess, because he started two seasons and he caught a bag. Desmond King, yeah, he had an all per year, but he got traded before his rookie contract was over. Miss. Sam Tevy, miss. Isaac Rochelle, miss. Derwin James, hit, but like he's, he's been injured for like two or like one and a half seasons, like full seasons. And like, I don't know. That's that's a tough one. I, I still think Derwin James is a hit. Obviously, that's the best safety in the league, but that's tough. Nwosu, one semi decent year this year, but like he never he hasn't really like broken out as a second round pick as you'd hope so i'm gonna just say neutral justin jones miss kaiser white big year this year so neutral quesenberry neutral Cantrell cut after training camp of his rookie year miss justin jackson miss neutral i guess but like no derma james and mike williams are the only hits and both are first rounders keep that in mind Tillery miss, Adderley neutral pipkins miss tranquil neutral stick neutral Egbule miss, Bronson miss, right? Like, I understand, like, miss is, like, it might be too strong, especially for the sixth and seventh round, seventh round picks. But, like, you know, I'll get to that in a second because when you get to the later rounds, it's all dart throws, right? You're just throwing a dart on the draft board and saying, maybe this guy turns into a starter for us. But, like, there have been hits in the sixth and seventh round. Cameron Curl for the for the Washington Commanders. Jordan Fuller. Jordan Fuller is, like, the, the, the name everyone uses now when they say – oh, you know, you can hit on sixth and seventh round picks because it is possible. 2020, Justin Herbert, massive hit. Kenneth Murray. The, the Chargers trading up from the second round to draft to the first round to draft Kenneth Murray might single-handedly be the worst draft move 
of the past 20 years. You don't trade up in the first round for a non-QB. That's my opinion. You don't trade up for a linebacker, period. Period. Kenneth Murray does not and will, like, no linebacker, unless they turn out to be Fred Warner and Bobby Wagner, which you have no idea of before the draft, no linebacker is going to move the needle that much. No one. And it's, it's absolutely, like, this is, might be the biggest miss of Telesco's career. But I'm also going to give some benefit of the doubt that drafting is a mutual process, that Telesco and Anthony Lynn both had um, say, says in who they wanted to draft. And Kenneth Murray wasn't all Telesco, but it probably also wasn't all Lynn. And like Telesco is probably the one who picked up the phone and called Belichick and said, hey, Bill, we want to move up from 37 to 23. Let's, let's make a move, right? Like it's a mutual process. I'm not going to just give all the blame to Telesco for drafting Kenneth Murray because and I, we all knew, we all know that like post-draft, they put out the draft videos, Anthony Lynn really liked Kenneth Murray. But to trade up in the first round to draft him is just a, an abomination, right? Joshua Kelly missed, Joe Reed missed, Gilman neutral, I guess, because he played a little bit this year, but he only has one pick. Uh, and then KJ Hill miss. Slater hit, Asante hit, Palmer looking like a hit, McKitty neutral trending towards hit, Rumpf looks like a miss, Jaimez neutral, uh, Neiman neutral, Roundtree <laughs> 36 carries, 87 yards, incredible miss. Uh, Mark Webb, neutral, right? So you can see the only non-first-round picks I at least gave a hit to were, were Josh Palmer. And I, like, that's it. Like, Kaiser White, I guess, but he's been hurt. Desmond King would look was an obvious hit until he got traded. Rayshon Jenkins, probably, yeah. I said Rayshon's a hit. So it's Rayshon and Josh Palmer as the only non-first round hits. And like, that, that's just, you, you don't win that way. You can't win by not hitting on third round picks because these picks mean, mean you get good players on cheap deals. But if you're not drafting the good players, how are you gonna, you're not gonna be able to maximize that type of window that you get with that player. So now uh, the next topic I wanted to talk about is the draft right? Like there's two aspects to the draft or not the draft trades. So there's two aspects of trades. I want to talk about number one, Tom Telesco in his tenure has traded down a number of zero times. He has zero trade downs in his career. And this is not just talking about trading down in the first round. This is talking about trading down period. Like this is, this is a huge problem, not only with the chargers, but with NFL teams, teams tend to overvalue their draft picks in the, in the sense that like, they think they know so much about the draft when in reality, they don't. The hit rate on draft picks is so low. That's why, that's why teams like the, like why drafting is so hard because you know nothing about college prospects. If it was easy, then every team would be just drafting the good players, right? Like the undrafted players would never go undrafted and the players that shouldn't have got drafted won't, won't get drafted, but that doesn't happen. So teams tend to overvalue draft picks. So once you get into rounds three through seven, they're all dart throws. They're all, they're all just, okay, pick this up, throw it at the draft board. And that's the same probability that you're going to have a hit as compared to like actually like, you know, doing your prep work. And this is not saying that scouts opinions and, and GM opinions and draft reports are all invalid. This is just saying that you can't 
think that your opinion is right. And, or you can think your opinion is right, but you can't truly believe that this guy is going to be like that much of a hit that you don't take the extra picks. Like, like trading down in the later rounds gives you more dart throws, which is, which gives you a higher rate of hitting on a guy that turns out to be great or good, at least on a cheap deal. But when you don't have those dart, as many of those dart throws as, as someone else, you're not going to be able to get those guys on cheap deals and you're not going to be able to find good or better players. Right. And that's the issue where like, it's not even trading down in the first round or trade, like you have to get garner more draft picks in the later rounds because that's how you find a Jordan Fuller. That's how you find the Cameron curl. And that's not how you end up with Larry Roundtree and Alohi Gilman in bat and, and, um, who, who was in a 2020, uh, or it was a little Gilman in 2020. Right. And then like, like that's, that's what you end up with when you don't accumulate more picks. Right. So now the chargers have moved towards being an analytically minded organization, which is great. They have two guys in their analytics department. I, I think that should, uh, expand a little bit, um, you know, in the, in the next coming, coming years, Staley's obviously a data-driven guy. I know he understands the, you know, the value of draft picks, but, but there is a, there's just a, um, I'm going to quote Moneyball. I'm just trying to remember the saying, like there's a inefficiency or market, yeah, market deficiency in overvaluing draft picks. And I think Tom Telesco definitely falls in that spectrum. The other aspect of trades, and I, I'm sorry if this is going super long, but the other aspect of trades that, you know, I think people have harped on Tom Telesco on is like, he doesn't really make a lot of like in-season free agent acquisitions, or like not free agent acquisitions. He doesn't really make a lot of like in-season moves. Now I was on the train of not trading for Akeem Hicks for a little bit and like not trading for anyone who could have helped the team. And part, part of that is because going all in is such a risky move. And look, I understand what the Rams did. The Rams are are a team that just completely destroyed the nerds this year. Like the nerds all were predicting the Rams to eventually come crashing down. Stafford was going to come crashing down. They didn't. They won the Super Bowl because they went all in on Matthew Stafford. They went all in with Von Miller and they went all in with Odell. Will that work for every team? No. That's the problem. I think, I think the Rams exploited a, a market inefficiency in a year where exploiting that inefficiency was needed. There were no elite teams in 2021. Like, let's be real. Like the Chiefs, we knew that their offense was struggling early on. They got back on track, but like that team wasn't as good as 2018 or 2019, right? The Bills for how good their like offense was, you know, losing Tredavious White, that's not an elite defense anymore, right? The Bucks, the Packers, the Rams, the Niners, the Cowboys, um, they, they all had uh, weaknesses that didn't make them elite. So you have a season with zero elite teams and going all in was the right move in high, obviously in hindsight, but like going all in, in a year where there's zero elite teams is how you win the Super Bowl. But going all in like for, for a team like the chargers, I still, I still don't know if getting Akeem Hicks moves the needle that much. If Akeem Hicks makes the chargers make at least make the playoffs. Like we just don't know that there's just too many, unknowns with football small sample sizes and just because the Rams succeeded doing it doesn't mean it's going to happen to the Chargers right there's 
that's the thing. Like just because something happened on team A, that if team B does it the exact same way, it may or may not have, it may or may not work. Now, I think going back to my like teams overvalue draft picks, that also goes back to making these type of trades. Like the Chargers, I don't think the Chargers should be hesitating to trade or trade away their first or second round pick in this draft or the next draft for for an elite or Hall of Fame type player, right? Because what are the odds that the draft pick is going to be better than this Hall of Fame or all, a Pro Bowl or All Pro type player, right? Like especially at pick seventeen, like the hit rate is so much lower as you get further in the first round. And I, I'm pretty sure, and you guys can, you know, comment if I'm wrong, or one of uh, Steven Alex Tyler can, can uh, comment if, if I'm wrong on this, but like, I think teams only have 15 to 18 players where they have a first round grade on. And after that, it's just like, these guys are like, for, like potential starters down the road. So like at pick 17, like what are the odds that that pick you're going to have a first round grade on that player and he's going to like, like make a huge impact in year one because years three, four and five on Herbert's contract, you got to go all in <laughs> like Tom Telesco. This has to be the year he sp- spends all his cap. There should be probably very little rollover cap in the year four of Herbert's deal. If, if you can trade for, for an elite player, like you make that trade, you do what the Rams did, but not go overboard with it because all it takes right? All it takes is one injury. All it takes is something bad to happen for this all-in approach to just completely go under the water. And we've seen this type of all-in approach fail, like in in other sports, right? Like super teams are formed to go all-in. And, you know, LeBron James's Heat only won two rings in four championships. Now, I'm saying only because that's stupid, but um, it's stupid to say two or four rings is bad. But you can see, like, going all in won't work every single year. The Rams did it this year. That doesn't mean they're going to win the Super Bowl next year. But I think that team did a great job of finding that the league was weaker this year and saying, if there's ever a chance for us to pull away, it's this year. And that's what they did. So that's that's kind of, like, my two cents on, like, Tom Telesco not really trading for players and not being super aggressive, where it's, like, how much are those players going to move the needle? And if you trade for Akeem Hicks in the, in the, in, you know, the, during midseason before the trade deadline, you're giving up a pick and you're going to probably have to extend him after the season's over instead of just, you know, getting him on a, on a contract in free agency. I, I just, it, it, that was such a tough period to evaluate. And I think hindsight obviously makes things uh, look much worse for Telesco, especially with how the Rams finished, but um, the last thing I wanted to talk about before I end this very long video is, you know, the cap space. I know um, this table might be a little bit small. I'm sorry for that, but I'll expand it. You probably have seen this table before. This is looking at like offseason resources and how well the Chargers stack up to everyone else. So um, per my calculations and my offseason composite score, the Chargers have the fourth most offseason resources, which is amazing. This is and this is one of Telesco's strengths, right? I know I've kind of harped on Telesco and a couple of the negatives he's had uh, all video, but this is one of his biggest strengths, which is keeping the Chargers in a great situation financially and um, in terms of how many resources they have. They rank second in terms of effective cap space, right? Like they're, they rank, they have the 97th, they're in the 97th percentile of effective cap space, which pretty much means they have the second most effective cap space behind the Dolphins, right? Who also have a quarter, has a quarterback on a rookie contract. Um, they rank in the 67th, 68th percentile 
in draft capital per the Fitzgerald Spielberger draft value chart. So you can see like Telesco, and this is one of his strengths, just keeping the cap in a good situation, keeping them under the cap and always, you know, in a situation where they can spend money. Uh, I'm not saying his free agent signings have wowed me or, or he's hit it out of the park, right? Like Chris Harris Jr. and Balaga in 2020 looked like steals. They didn't really pan out. Like 2021 was much better, right? Lindsley, Obushi, Filer, um, and uh, Jared Cook was was pretty solid for how much we got him for. I think Telesco does a good job in free agency of plugging holes and going to the draft with the best player available strategy. Um, so free agency is, is, I would say, one of his some, so much strengths. I do think he should be a little bit more aggressive this year, be willing to pay up for players that can significantly move the needle on defense or on offense. But that's just not really how he's operated. He's been more conservative, taking deals that give value rather than overpaying for a player who may be worth it at the end of the day, but not take. he doesn't really take as many chances as other um, other GMs like Les Snead or like Steve Kine, right? So that's kind of, that's going to be all about Tom Slesko that I'm going to talk about today. Um, this was a super long video. If you made it to the end, I really appreciate it. Just to kind of recap, right? Like Tom Telesco and the three aspects of a GM of, you know, what a GM does. He hasn't been good at drafting, especially in the Anthony Linera, as we saw with some of the graphs that I had up on my screen. In terms of trades, he's never traded down, which is the bad thing. He's traded up for a running back, Melvin Gordon, in the first round in 2015, and he traded up for an off-ball linebacker in Kenneth Murray in 2020. Just awful, completely anti-analytics moves that he's made, which, you know, it's just not going to work out in the long run. You need to see him trade down a little bit more, hopefully in the draft, or at least in the first round would be great. In the later rounds would be great also. Just need to see him make some moves there. And uh, in terms of training for players, we talked a little bit about how hasn't really traded a lot for players but that's because maybe there wasn't like a a down year for teams or a down year for him to go kind of make that all-in approach and finally free agency that's just strong suit always keeps the uh, chargers in a great situation definitely one of the reasons why you know he's he's still kept his job because he's always um given the chargers flexibility in terms of free agency to bring in guys or keep some of the guys that they have so again um if you made it this far i really appreciate it um and with that as always bolt up Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.